So if you were in Durban, right, in June, July 2022, a year from the July unrest, of course, what you'd be hearing if you're at the Olive Center is Puma, Puma Sikhe, Puma. That was when Sita Zigalala was making a bid to be re-elected as the KZN chair of the ANC. It didn't work. Fast after that, he resigned as premier, and then he was appointed an MEC. But what everyone kind of sort of knew is that Sita would find himself at national level. So spat out by his province after dealing with the July unrest and dealing with a province where Zuma is still popular with an ANC at national level that had moved on from the politics of Zuma, he and Dumsen Ntuli found themselves, with the secretary at the time, seemed to have found themselves in a really odd space, so to speak. But it was known that he'd end up at national, and you know what, lo and behold, he has. And he's also a minister, and he was the first NEC member elected, so he had the most votes. So there's a lot about Sikhla's story that's evolving um, since that conference in Durban, right? Yeah. So he joins us today on Politricking with T.D. Madia. My name is T.D. Madia, and this is episode four of season three of a politics podcast brought to you by Eyewitness News. Sita is incredibly busy, so I catch up with him on the phone just to get his thoughts about who he is, where he is, about servitude. And of course, we speak about that video that's been doing the rounds where he's wearing that oversized NC t-shirt. He's a ward counselor. And he's just like, oh, tasa tasa, as he's prepared, of course, for a visit from then-president, Tabombeki. Take a listen. So we are speaking to Minister Sise Zikalala. Of course, he was appointed the Public Works and Infrastructure Minister. Sise, thank you so much for joining us. Let's start with your new role and how you are adjusting. How are you finding stepping into this role as a national leader in government? Well, it is a new role, but we have been in the struggle uh, for liberation and serving in government. And therefore, to be at a national government is, of course, new, but it doesn't mean we are fresh. We're hitting the ground running with a view of ensuring that we focus the department on each core mandate and ensure that it serves the people of our country. Um, let's speak about the plans that you have. There is a lot to be done from what I understand as far as public works is concerned. People are looking at issues of the ministerial handbook and um, the benefits that ministers have. People are looking at issues of land grab. And people are also looking at the um, process to restore parliament to what it was before the fire. What are your priority areas at the moment? The first is to ensure that we run uh, an effective and comprehensive uh, infrastructure development. You will know that under Public Works, we've got Infrastructure South Africa, which is a critical uh, uh, platform that consolidate, package and prepare strategic projects for rollout. The second is to ensure that the department functions properly because the department has that history of uh, being seen as corrupt and not effective. The third is to respond to these immediate pressures. One is to ensure that the parliament is constructed and brought back to its dignity 
which we are going to fast track, but working together with uh, the parliament through the speaker. Of course, we will be working on the issue of finalization of the handbook, though I must indicate that the finalization of the handbook includes public works, but it also includes other departments too. As public works, we deal with one part only in the handbook, which is called prestige, which is about accommodating members of parliament as well as uh, members of the executive council. Sita, how would you deal with the issue of land grabs? And I say this, obviously, with elections really on the horizon. The issue of land grabs can be used as a political tool. We've seen parties like the EFF use it to continue being relevant to the electorate. How do you manage it? What are your thoughts about what's possible to try and navigate that particular space? Because at the heart of it, though, you are also dealing with lawlessness, but also people who are desperate to find access to land so they can build homes. Yes, I think the last part is the major one. Firstly, we are assessing all parcels of land that we have so that we'll be able to release those parcels to communities and to have to ensure that communities have land where they can build houses and stay uh, with their families. But I must say, in the effort of doing that, we must follow law. And those who will want to pursue the agenda of land grab without following law, we will definitely have to take actions and we'll be very firm on that. We cannot politicize this or use the issue of land uh, as a a, a cheap political uh, avenue to get into power. We are going to distribute land to the people using proper mechanisms but we will fight land grab at all costs. Another hot ticket issue, though, linked to the elections has to be the movement of African migrants in and out of the country. That leads me to talking about the fence. Um, the, your department did get into hot water over the fence around the borders of the country. Is that something that you are afraid with? Are you looking at whether or not the infrastructure that's been put up is worth the money that it's been used for, whether there's a need to assess that particular structure in and of itself and to maybe possibly think about rebuilding it. What are your thoughts around that? The first is to appreciate that the manner in which the whole issue of uh, borderline or border fencing was handling, was was uh, handed, was a bit of embarrassment to the department. And that's why we met with the scorper last week and said, we will ensure that all actions are followed up, including recovery of money and uh, prosecution of those who are involved. Internally, we will continue to fast track disciplinary actions of those who are involved. Uh, but we will have to work hard with the Department of uh, uh, Defense in particular and other relevant departments to ensure that we do construct a proper fence and fight immigration, illegal immigration into the country. It is our responsibility, we are together with other departments, to ensure that people who are in South Africa are those who should be in the country legally and uh, having gone through proper processes. What's your envisioned timeline, though, for getting a proper fence around the country's borders? Well, uh, the, the long kilometers that needs to be constructed 
which surely cannot be constructed over one uh, financial year. We are planning to prioritize those areas that are hotspots, and we will be guided by the Department of Defense and the whole security cluster in doing so. And then just to speak about you, Sito, from a personal level, you do say that, you know, um, though you are new in this particular in this, um, ministry, you're not necessarily new to the, to the leadership and you lead as it is, even if it is at national level. What's the transition been like for you? Because you've gone now from Premier to being a COCTA MEC to now being a minister. What's the transition been like for you in terms of the, the slight changes even in responsibility? Well, for me, what is important is not a position, but an opportunity to serve people. And that's why I've always pledged to serve with respect and dedication. For me, it is an opportunity to serve South Africans and expedite interventions that should ensure security, proper housing of department, but create jobs and develop infrastructure. I've been a, a premier, as you said, but that was not the start. I started, I began the struggle at a young age in the ANC Youth League. I was once a councillor, and I served in the ANC Youth League nationally as Secretary General and as a leader of the ANC in the province, subsequently to be the MEC of uh, Economic Development, then the Premier and COCTA MEC. So for me, it is a journey, a journey of serving people based on our uh, oath that we take when we join the African National Congress, that of availing ourselves, our skills and expertise to serve the people with respect and integrity. Talking about how this is not where you just started, there is a video, Cece, of you circulating where you're wearing this NC t-shirt. The t-shirt is so big, it's so big on you. And I think you're preparing for a visit of former President Tabambeki in a ward where you're working in the NC. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure people have sent that video to you very recently. It's been circulating uh, not too long ago. When you watch that video, what do you think? What do you remember about who that Cece is and your journey from that ward council? I think your ward council at the time to who you are today what do you what are your reflections well it is a trajectory that one has traversed uh, which marked both uh, a development uh, at a personal level but also it conscientized that the struggle has not been uh, an easy route we've gone through difficulties uh, we have served in difficult times but what is important is to remain focused on the vision serve the organization and not individual uh, work uh, in uh, work in a way that respect the people you lead but you must know that you are not a leader on your own you must work with others and the collective in that video you are referring to former president mbegi is making it clear that when you are in the leadership position you should not be like above the people you should be prepared to be with them, embrace them, and work with them at all material time. Look, it's past you now because now you are also an NEC member in the NEC. But the, the, the conference that they held last year where KwaZulu-Natal pretty much expressed a lack of confidence in your leadership. What was that like for you? And I want you to think of the fact that you also had to navigate a July unrest as a leader in that province. And you also were caught in between national NEC politics versus the provincial politics and navigating from a president Jacob 
Zuma and his supporters. What was that period like for you to then also come back and have your province not express any confidence in your leadership? Well, I'm sure that if you read, there is one book that is tightly living, uh, living in difficult times. And I'm sure that uh, you will definitely agree with me that we had to lead under difficult experiences. But at all those times, we're always available. We're always there to serve the people. I'm not sure whether it was a vote of no confidence, as you are saying. How we've characterized it, it's like a wave that was dominated by politics, which include others perceiving that we have betrayed former President Zuma and others saying, no, we have stayed on course in the ANC. Members of the ANC and the general community have a right to assess and make their own conclusions. And therefore, what transpired there was about that particular moment and what I've said, which I would want to reiterate, is that at all material times, we've always been there. We've always been able to support former President Zuma in times of need. Back from 2006 up until he was arrested, and even when he was in jail, we were there. We even visited him uh, there. Now, I wouldn't want to say uh, much on that issue, for we are not in a revolution to serve ourselves. If members of the ANC have made a judgment based on that, it's well and fine. But I can assure you, when people of Natal were engulfed by COVID-19, we were there. I can assure you that when people were affected by floods, we were there to support them, cushion them, and ensure that their loved ones were buried with dignity. We started the process of rebuilding where we said we must build better and in a way that is resilient to future calamity. We have always been there, especially at government level. In KwaZulu-Natal, when I was premier, I can say we tried to fight corruption and put the sound good governance principle. When I left being a premier, I left uh, with a seven department having received clean audits right from two departments that we got when we get into when we got into the office. And therefore, this is what I will sum up as a contribution. But in Guazulu Natal we started a number of programs that sought to empower black people. In fact, we and we 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 we, we, we vigorously advanced a radical economic transformation. Operation Vula, which uh, funded uh, FMMEs, was started under that period, and we funded more than uh, 1,200 FMMEs to ensure that they are supported to enter the space. We also start, started the KZN Youth Fund, and also that was a dedicated focus to empower young people to venture into business so that we transform the socio-economic landscape of South Africa. So for me, it was not only a period of doom and gloom. There were positive things that we're doing for the society, but people focused on internal politics as a measure to define who must lead the ANC. And I've got no qualms on that. I've continued to work with the elected leadership, even post the conference. I was the one who availed myself to serve uh, under the leadership or in campaign 
where they deployed us uh, for by-elections. I've done that. I've been part of all programs where we have been uh, assigned to by the provincial leadership. And even now, going to the next election, I will be prepared to support the provincial leadership. Do you think people who judge uh, uh, Simone Soduma and Mtolo harshly, because people who feel like they lack the necessary capacity to lead a complex province like KZN, do you think those people are unfair? Well, I wouldn't want to venture into that space. As I've said, the leadership of the ANC is always under scrutiny. The assessment of the ANC leadership happens on a daily basis, and I believe that uh, they, they will always be views, different views about the organization. What I can only say is that as the leaders and caters in general, we need to ensure that we develop ourselves, build skills, and be prepared to listen even to those who are opposed to us. And then just lastly, Sita, um, a national shutdown in the country, part of the conversations around that shutdown is that the ANC engineered conditions that led us here. I've listened to numerous ANC leaders who speak out against anarchy, who are worried about a repetition of the July unrest that we saw in 2021. I want you to speak about what your thoughts are in terms of how easy it is for the country to go back to the July unrest. You dealt with it firsthand in KZN. But also just to speak about what I think is a, a, a lacking of nuance in the NC's own understanding of where we are at the moment. Look, uh, the first point is the last uh, part of your question. I think we, we should uh, rise to the occasion, appreciate uh, the current challenges faced by the society. One, uh, the high level of poverty and unemployment, where people are disillusioned. And in that situation, people are easily mobilized to do all sorts of things, including wrong things. Uh, and I think as the ANC, we must rise to the occasion and appreciate that. Of course, we have committed both subjective and objective mistakes. I think it was an objective mistake that we failed to build the capacity of ESCOM when we inherited power right uh, at the beginning, around the, the late 90s. But we must also accept the subjective weaknesses, such as corruption, that have paralyzed some of the state orchids. So appreciating the socioeconomic conditions, our weaknesses, objective and subjective, it's important. But to rise and say, what are the necessary interventions going forward? I will want to start by appreciating and thanking people of South Africa by refusing to be hooked into a, a misguided mobilization of this uh, shutdown. I've been, I'm, I'm here in Guazulu Natal, and I see that number of areas are operating. They might be incident there and there, but people, even at the beach, people are there flocking, they are enjoying themselves as part of the long weekend. So I would want to thank the people for refusing to be mobilized and misled uh, into this agenda of the national shutdown. However, as the ANC, we must rise to the occasion and ensure that we deal with issues that are affecting people. And those pertinent issues is to address poverty, unemployment, 
and the high uh, 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 the, the cost of living, which is too high, and people are un, 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 unable to live as they expect due to high prices, whether you talk of food and uh, fuel or, or petrol or even energy. So as the ANC, we must focus on these challenges that are facing our people. And just before I let you go, do you also read it as an election campaign on the part of the EFF? Definitely. The EFF is part of the opposition. They will use all opportunities they have to portray the ANC as failing and to try and amass the support. Unfortunately, this time, I think they've gone wrong. The South African society learned from what happened in July uh, of that 2021. And I think they are not going to be part of this agenda. All right, Sita, thank you so much for your time. Are you worried about uh, NC losing control of KwaZulu-Natal in 2024? Just one more. Well, uh, I wouldn't say we will lose as the ANC, but I'm worried about the trend where we continue to lose elections. And that is a bad sign. Uh, we lose by elections. It's a bad sign. Uh, it means there must be extra effort that we all put in place to ensure that we remain in power in Guazulu Natal and in the country as a whole. What would convince, I know I keep saying last one, but what would convince South Africans in your eyes to give the NC a second shot? The trajectory has actually been quite clear. It has been a downward tra- trajectory. We feel it, a def- we, the NC feels it more with local government elections, but it's also moving in that way as far as general elections are concerned. What would change South Africans' minds, you think? I think there are two things that, uh, from where I stand, will convince South Africans. The first one is the fact that we are rebuilding. And I'm sure that the next period will show South Africans that the ANC is serious about renewal and rebuilding South Africa. Secondly, the fact that there is no party with a clear vision like the ANC for all South Africans. And I think those two uh, will make uh, South Africans to appreciate, yes, that yes, there's been weaknesses, but the ANC is in a process of renewing itself, of rebuilding South Africa. And, of course, there is no other organization with quite a clear and all-encompassing vision than the ANC. All right. Thank you so much for your time. That's Sita Zikalala, new public works minister, speaking to us there about his new role and, of course, some of his experiences in KwaZulu-Natal and the way forward for the ANC. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. This podcast was produced by Kamakwini Mavovana and Duduzile Masuku. For Eyewitness News, my name is Tidi Madia.